Hey there, humanoids. This is David Shoemaker here with a very exciting announcement. Your favorite wrestling podcast feed, The Ringer Wrestling Show, is now going daily. And you can hang out with me and Kaz on Mondays and Thursdays for The Masked Man Show. And you can join me, Peter Rosenberg, alongside stack guy Greg and Dip, every Tuesday with Cheap Heat. And on Fridays, I'll welcome a friend or special guest from the world of wrestling. And on Wednesdays, we have a very special new show called Wednesday Worldwide that you're going to want to check out. Pay-per-view reaction, one-of-a-kind interviews, fantasy booking, talking about bagels. That's what we do here on the Ringer Wrestling Show. Follow the show now on Spotify and do us a favor. Give us five stars. And do us another favor and uh, stay mage. It's the Full Go, presented by FanDuel. The playoff action is heating up, and with FanDuel, you can bet on everything from the NBA Finals MVP to who's going to lift the Stanley Cup. And right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub. Filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays, or SGPs as the kids like to call them, all on one page. Plus, start betting on the pulse and get paid instantly when you win. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus, 18 plus in D.C. And present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Chicago everywhere, check it. Not enough Chicago. We just don't have enough Chicago people. Jason Goff is here. Well, I'm at Full Go. The Full Go Podcast. The Full Go. Bears, Bulls, White Sox, Cubs, and Blackhawks. Our man, Jason Goff. Three times a week with Jason Goff. His mood is elevated. He is feeling good. Jason, I'm loving the Full Go. Love the Full Go. The Full Go. The Full Go. Welcome to Full Go with Jason Goff. That is what I'm talking about. What up, world? You're listening to The Full Go with Jason Goff, presented by The Ringer. A Spotify original. Yeah. yeah. Another beautiful day in the Bulls neighborhood. Nope. I don't know what. I don't know what. I've run out of superlatives. Run out of pejoratives. I've run out of so many ifs. What episode is this? It is 203. That's crazy. I used to, my homeroom. At Dewey Elementary was class 203. We used to have field days every single year. And uh, one year I uh, rec- I uh, performed, Mama said, knock you out. But instead of Mama, I changed it to class 203 is going to knock you out. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was it was a big deal for the kid. I was I was a big LL Cool J fan back then. You know, the guy from in the house. You know. Not not one of the greatest rappers of all time that Tony doesn't know about, you know. Um, <laughs> I'm, in a, I'm in a great mood, man. Like, I'm not going, mm-mm. <laughs> not these bulls. Not happening, Captain. You feel me? Um, this team just doesn't trust each other. And the moments that it doesn't trust each other, there are dumb things that happen. Like this Clippers game, this Clippers team that came in here tonight, by the way, was, and we're recording Tuesday night for all the people who, you know, get caught up in times. They came in here ready to get beat on a six game road trip. They're ready to go back to the crib, got a long mm-hmm. flight back to LA. And uh, you didn't, <laughs> you didn't give them what they asked for. Like that team was coasting for a quarter and a half and then woke up and was like, oh, okay, I guess it's time to turn it up. Um, DeMar DeRozan doesn't play floor games like that often, but when he does, it is nasty to watch. Like when DeMar doesn't hit shots and the other things aren't happening, you look at his line tonight, and this this looked like early Toronto DeMar tonight. He was 8 for 19, 20 points, 8 turnovers, 5 assists, 2 rebounds. 
So he didn't really affect the game in any aspect positively until the end where he started to hit a couple of shots. And that's the problem this team falls into. That's the problem. They get down and then they look at their two guys who, let's be real about this, help them get down. Like, like it's not like Zach and, and Tamar are playing some extraordinary level of all-around basketball that they can look at the other guys and be like, damn, I got to save y'all ass again? They're usually saving their own asses. And the drug that this team has been on, the narcotic, as my man Bomani Jones would say, that they have been on, not the Atlanta Falcons, but it's been isolation basketball. Nikola Vucevic had 17 points in the first half, moving the ball around, knocking down shots. Like, everybody was bouncy. Everybody was feeling good. And then that third quarter rolls around, and they forgot about him. Nikola Vucevic had 17 in the first half, finished with 23 for the game. Like, these, if you want to go back in the season two months from now, say, where did it happen? Well, it happened on the nights that you lost to a bunch of teams you shouldn't have lost to, and then it also happened on the nights where there's a formula and a plan put in place because of how flawed a basketball team you are that you have to abide by. All this season has been, has been a case study in discipline. It's all it's been. If I tell you that I got broken clippers, because this has happened to me before, right? I got the clippers. I shaved my head with them, right? Line myself up. It was the Andes T outliners, you know? Shout out to all, everybody who could relate. For all y'all that go to them chain barbershops, you probably can't, but shout out to everybody who's had to do a little tightening up on their own, right? In between cuts. You know how many times in rolling up the cord on my T liner that I roll up the cord and I drop the clippers on the ground? And there are times when they fall just perfect. And boy, oh boy, do you really feel like, because, you know, now I can't because things are a little bit different. But maybe 10, 12, 13 years ago when this was happening, ooh-wee, I'm staring that $60 right in the face. Like, oh, we're just going to have to ride it out with these. You know, there's a little chip on the end. And if anybody out there is, has ever had a chip on a pair of liners or a pair of clippers, you know exactly what your head feels like afterwards. You are pretty much tattooing whatever <laughs> lining that you want into your head. And to make it worse, I got a bald. So I'm going all over. I'm going in every crevice. I'm kidding every nook and cranny. And that chip is touching everything. It is pain. You hear me? My nerves are screaming. All to look good. That's what the bulls are doing out here. They keep dropping their clippers on the floor and then wondering why their head hurting. They keep going away from the only game plan that is going to help you beat below average teams and help you stay in the game with above average teams. They stayed in the game with an above average team who made a run shortly before halftime. They stemmed that tide, responded the way they were supposed to after a Billy Donovan timeout, went into the break up four. Then the clippers come out and apparently woke up Whatever they were doing <laughs> the, the last couple of days, they had a Cleveland game two days ago. None of their, their big guns played, and Reggie Jackson, Paul George, or Kawhi Leonard, they were looking forward to this game, into the six-game road trip. They woke up in the third quarter, and the Bulls stared it down once again. Now, all the while, the Clippers had 19, I was a 16 more possessions, so 16 more field goal attempts than the Bulls. You know why? Because the Bulls had 20 turnovers tonight. DeMar DeRozan had eight of them. Zach Levine had six of them. You want to look at the game and, and just look at the box score, surely just say, hey, how, what happened in this game? Tell me the story of the game. Their big two versus the Bulls' big two, they got outplayed, top to bottom. I thought Zach Levine played some pretty good defense in the second half. Defensively, though, DeMar DeRozan was lacking. He was fouling all game. He was turning the ball over all game. It was a bad game for him. It was a bad game. And then... The coup de gras, because, you know, I'm becoming more cultured these days, saying words like coup de gras. The coup de gras, at the end of the game, for the third time this season, the third time, a play is drawn up. There are two actions off that inbounds play. And then the third action calls for Zach Levine to come and get the ball. And guess who's there to meet him? Not the defender, DeMar DeRozan. Now, Tamar explained that the ball was taking a little too long to get in. Maybe got a little antsy. You know, race right there. Spacing was horrible. But this is out of a timeout. There's no excuse. 
There's no excuse for these things. It's 51 games into the season. It felt another, as I was watching, as uh, I was watching the inbound play, Jay. As, as I was watching that inbound play, I was like, they guarded that like they knew what the play was. They did know. They did know. And if you know, you can defend it. If you if you're guessing, you're gonna get burned on it. That is two dudes in Kawhi Leonard and Paul George saying, hey, this is what they're going to run. Let's not get... This is the other thing, too. Bulls get screened way too easily for me. They can't wait to switch off into another man that can't defend somebody. Like, Alex Caruso, Patrick Williams, I'm going to need y'all to never switch. (laughs) Because right now, those are the two guys who are providing the most resistance defensively. And, hey, another solid game for Patrick Williams, right? But everybody needs... All hands on deck right now because... You got a few games, what, five games into the trade deadline where this team, you know, if you haven't been watching, (laughs) they didn't extend Vooch, and this year isn't panning out the way that they would like. So the obvious trade targets are Vooch and Alex Caruso, maybe something else. But this team is playing its way right into being disbanded, begging to be disbanded. The way they played tonight down the stretch was not that of, forget a playoff contender, of veterans. You know, missing free throws down the stretch. And I'm not even mad at missed shots. Shots are going to fall sometimes. Sometimes they're not. Problem I have is not bouncing back the next possession when a shot doesn't fall or a call doesn't go your way or whatever it is that, 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 that there is to bitch about out there because there's everything to bitch about. You do that after the game. You do that in the post-game presser. You do that the next time y'all got to shoot around and you got something to say about the referee and whatever the case may be, but you got to get to the next play. It's the same things that are being said over and over and over and over and over about this Bulls team. And until those things change, we're just going to keep watching the same three wins, then two losses, then one win, then two losses, then two losses, then three wins. Like, this team coming into tonight was one point. Exactly one point better than its opposition this year. One point across the season. (laughs) Point differential-wise, 114.5 to 114.5. There is no other way to shake this thing. This team is not connected, and for whatever reason, the parts don't match. And then on top of that, the game plan that is instituted for this team to win, they stray away from the moment they can. So I don't know what to say anymore. I'm sitting there on the pre- and post-game show now just cracking jokes with my guys. Io DeSumo, what he had, 11 points tonight. Kobe White out there throwing his body at everything. And I've loved Kobe White's activity as of late. Right now, And this is the other thing, too. Kobe White is pulling DeMar DeRozan away from the ref at the end of the game, a possession and a half after he thought he got fouled. Like, you, you, you can't afford it in this moment. You can't afford it. And I know it's not fair, but guess what? Fair gets you an option. It does not get you an outcome. Everybody waiting for the NBA season to be fair to these boys. No, nah, man. Injuries going to happen. Uh, distrust and mistrust is going to happen. All those things are going to occur. How do you fare through the tough weather, through the storms? And right now, they're not faring, they're not faring the way that I would hope they would. And tonight, you saw the distinct difference between two players that the opposition had and the two that you got. And shout out to Zach and Damar, but when Kawhi Leonard wanted to turn this thing out, he turned it out tonight. Kawhi Leonard had the most quiet 33 points you will ever see in an NBA game. Like old Terminator 2 Kawhi. (laughs) Three dribbles, pull up. Two dribbles, pull up. Pump fake, drive, pull up. Impeccable footwork. Which leads me to my other point of conversation because, you know, (laughs) there's only so many ways you can pour syrup on shit and call it pancakes. I don't know what else to tell y'all about the Bulls in this moment. Until the Bulls change whatever it is they got going on, this is going to be the outcome. This is going to be the outcome. And things will change here for them shortly. Got five games with this crew as presently constituted. 
I don't know if Andre Drummond pissed somebody off so much so that he is stapled to the bench. But there was a moment tonight where even Stacey and Scott was like, you got to get Vooch back on the floor. I'm like, he just sat down. He just sat down. Is, is he, are we playing two man, two way football here? Like, does he have to, does he have to play every snap? They went small for about a minute and a half. And the Clippers was like, oh, yeah, that's food down there. And then and Vooch was like, damn, all right. That's going to wipe the sweat off my brow, but I guess I'll get my big ass back out there since we don't have another six foot 11, 270 pound player on the roster. <laughs> what is going on? What is happening with this team? Tell me. Someone tell me. Because maybe, you know, maybe I'm seeing and saying the wrong thing. Someone tell me. Tonight, at the end of the game, you had three possessions where DeMar DeRozan didn't have the greatest of outcomes. And then on that fourth possession, I knew, and it, you knew it, and we all knew it, watching it, Zach Levine was getting ready to shoot that thing. And what happened? Norman Powell bailed him out on a three-point shot by fouling him. And it was a bad shot, too. It's a horrendous shot. So, <sighs> I, <laughs> Tony, I don't know, man. I don't know. Uh, let, let me tell you this, too. And I'll ask you guys this, because we talked about this a, lot, a little bit tonight with the fellas, too. You guys think the NBA has a playing problem? Because we've been talking about it on this podcast. And back, what, last year, I was mentioning it is going to be an issue when the CBA comes up again. These owners have been begging and waiting for this moment. With all this load management talk and Kyrie Irving saying, I'm just not going to play basketball and say a bunch of wild things. Kevin Durant, the second year into an extension, is like, trade me, get me out of here in the offseason. John Wall gets traded to Houston and they just tell him to stay at the crib because we're trying to lose games for $42 million. Kawhi Leonard is basically getting paid not to work these days. <laughs> like Kawhi just shows up and is like, hey, is that game here tonight? All right, cool, I'm playing this one. Like, Hell's coming to breakfast. <laughs> These NBA owners, forget BRI. We come, we get into a place where you, your brother's gonna have to sing for their food here in a minute. Like that, that you know, a lot, a lot of NFL players and a lot of NFL PA dudes look at Sam Bradford like, ah, that was the last one, boy. That was the last one on that rookie scale, messing around with that vet money. You know, rookies coming in the game have never, have never proved anything, and you give them all that dough. I think Sam Bradford was the last quarterback drafted where it was like the crazy rookie scale, right? Mm-hmm. Look at this generation of NBA player as the ones who fucked the money up because I will tell y'all this right now. If y'all thought these owners hated y'all black asses before, you wait till they get to this bargaining table and they got a list of people who just ain't playing and getting paid to play. And on top of it, oh, y'all want to talk about social justice too? All right, watch, <laughs> watch my feet, <laughs> as, as certain West Side and South Side dancers like to say. You watch what's getting ready to happen here. You watch. They, they probably ain't going to say your black asses, right? Because that'll get them in. Well, you never know, uh, actually. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, yeah. <laughs> Might be an email or, you know, something on, on company letterhead. That's if if, if David Stern was the, was, the, was the standard, then, you know, <laughs> someone might let it go. And then everybody would look, well, yeah, Dan, well, yeah, Dan, well. Dan Gilbert sitting there cracking his knuckles like, ah, hold my beer. That <laughs> 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 man wrote a whole note to the greatest player of a generation calling him a fraud. And it was like, oh, okay. But I'm telling you, man, like, people didn't know if they were going to see Kawhi Leonard or Paul George tonight at the United Center. That's, you know, and I'm not even one of these old school cats who, like, play every game. But if we have the nuanced conversation, you know, the, the Greg Popovich's of the world brought this in, ushered this in, this whole load management thing. See, they always forget to mention <laughs> how these things come about. Instead of just blaming it on the crazy hair, baggy clothes, dope-smoking kids, they always seem to forget along the way that Manu, Tony, and Tim getting old and... Greg Popovich is like, oh, we don't give a shit about these regular season games. We'll beat your ass on the road in the playoffs, too. <laughs> and if you want to take it to that next level that I know nobody wants to go to is, this is what happens in the shadow of Michael Jordan, y'all. 
people know that they ain't going to be talked about the way they're supposed to be unless they win a championship. Remember those conversations? we? Well, y'all probably don't. But remember those conversations that we used to have back in the day while Jordan was in the league and maybe before Jordan as well about just, I don't know, players and how great they were and just you know crediting everyone and, and enjoying everyone's exploits out there on the basketball court. And then Mike came through and messed around and didn't lose in the finals. And everybody got told after that, you ain't Mike unless you win a championship or multiple championships. So what happened? Guys stopped caring about the regular season games. Guys started saving themselves or being saved by these organizations to play postseason basketball. Now, if Steve Ballmer is sitting there like, I don't give a shit about these 82 as long as you win the 16, they need to be won in the postseason. This 42 and $44 million, respectively, is going to pay off. But flip the script. What if the Clippers and this whole crew goes this entire run, which is very plausible, without winning the championship? Now you got mad owners who are public, right? This ain't the, this ain't the you know, this, this ain't the Salt Lake City bunch. <laughs> this ain't the Sacramento bunch. We're talking about the Clippers. We're talking about Joe Sy with the Brooklyn Nets, right? We're talking about all these teams that all these uh, – you mean to tell me we messed around and, and paid y'all during the bubble and COVID with no fans in these stands and you got the nerve to tell me, y'all, you ain't going to play in Cleveland on a back-to-back? All right, watch my feet. <laughs> start, start footworking. And now I'm imagining Steve Ballmer footworking <laughs> on a, a West Side house party. <laughs> I mean, low-key, you could probably catch him there, to be honest with you. Steve's a wild boy. But seriously, man, they might have a plan problem. And don't worry, we've been talking about this on this pod, you know, since the very beginning, since the inception, when I was like, oh, y'all better, y'all better start playing. Because <laughs> rules could change. Remember an NBA that didn't have any max contracts? I do. Remember Mike getting, what, 30-some-odd million, three straight years in a row? I do. Rules change. The best part is, what you going to do if them contracts ain't guaranteed? Not play basketball? That's how they looking at you. And until these players are ready to strike, until these players are ready to not go to work the way they're ready to not go to work now, I see a bad moon rising. <laughs> I see trouble on the way. It's brewing. You yeah. haven't heard the conversation about it a lot, but it's brewing. Don't get it twisted. I saw something that LeBron and Kevin Durant haven't played against each other since the Christmas day of 2019. There's been 12 meetings where they've been on their teams but one or both of them didn't play in that game. Not good for business. And I know there's more possessions. Uh, you know, there's a lot, you know, the travel's a lot easier. The hotels are a lot easier. Like, the conversation, there's, there's pros and cons on both sides for it. And the players who are shitting on these young dudes right now, don't worry, they caught that from the players in the 60s and 70s too. Them dudes had to ride buses. And, and if you got an ACL or an Achilles, you had a bum leg or a bum knee, and, and you no longer were a marketable commodity. Things change, right? The game changes. The finances of the game changes. I understand why the load management thing is happening. It's just not cool that it's happening. It's kind of like what's happening with baseball, with the analytics and, and strikeout, Walker, home run, the, the, the truth three true outcome guys that were the rage for such a long time and still are, right? But is it fun, right? Is it serving your, your customer base? Is it fulfilling the fans? That's what you got to ask because at some point, the fans turn away, especially with all these things out here that you can partake in, whether it be video games, whether it be experiences, virtual reality. I mean, you got 7,000 channels at your beck and call anytime you want. Porn. There's a lot of energy. Porn. Shout out. Hey, I was, you know what? I'm glad you just brought that up. That's a tough segue, but I'm glad you just brought that up. Do y'all change y'all passwords depending on what y'all logging into? Like, are your passwords uniform? Oh, we, Tony Gill. <laughs> I see that smile. Across the board, are your passwords the same? Like, if somebody got into your passwords, could they just get all of your information and everything that you had on your laptop or your iPad or your device? Or are you like me? Do you change it 
depending on which site you're going to. It's a tough, this is tough for me to come off of this off of, you know, you just interjecting porn here, but I need to know. And you know, I don't need to know your passwords, but I mean, you change you, you, them. You're essentially doing that. See, the tough part about that, Jay, is hackers are smart. And then you just give them one hint. Yeah, all my passwords are, are the same for everything. Now they control your life. Yeah. So, so I don't know. I don't know if I'm willing to say yay but, or nay. But on, but on the flip side, when my passwords are all different, I don't control my life. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm gonna tell y'all right now, like automatic login has been the downfall of many a man in this country. <laughs> <laughs> Just keeping it funky with y'all. <laughs> Look at Jesse nodding, nodding in, in, in unison while his lady is Automatic right behind him. Automatic login, OnlyFans. What? What's going on? <laughs> like, I was, I was just trying to get into the kids' ABC Mouse account, and then all of a sudden, <laughs> all of a sudden, <laughs> somebody else showed me the ABCs or something else. Right, right, right. Like I didn't know you were into this. <laughs> what are you seeing her? <laughs> oh my lord. Just a little chuckle as we uh, as we just take in the <laughs> demise of the NBA and the downfall of the Bulls <laughs> all in one night. Uh, I don't know what more to say about this squad, man, so I'm just going to stop here and we can move on to the next topic. Time for some commercials. What up, world? It's Vic Spencer, and you're listening to The Full Goal with Jason Goff, presented by The Ringer. A Spotify original. Did you see uh, this weekend's affair between the Lakers and the Celtics? I was trying to explain to uh, Pia like how magical it still is to this day to see those two teams on the court together. Because in my time growing up, the Lakers and the Celtics were box office, right? Mid eighties, late eighties, shit. I mean. Even in the, the, the early 90s when they got Reggie Lewis before he passed away, like Reggie Lewis was going to be that dude. Len Bias was going to be that dude. You know, we, we talk a lot about the, that season that Jordan uh, came back to play the Celtics with, you know, after the broken foot, 18 games or whatever. That was the Len Bias draft. Like that, that next year, you know, if Mike doesn't play his ass off down that stretch and force himself back into the to the rotation, you know, if I'm not mistaken, that was the 85-86 season. Draft next year, Lynn Bias was at the top of that joint by the Celtics, if I'm not mistaken. So, you know, a lot of things could have gone a lot of different ways <laughs> if Mike would have just sat his happy ass down. <laughs> but, I mean, Lakers-Celtics have always, has always been a, a must-watch for me. Um, you know what I do hate? Basketball guys didn't give us what, you know, basketball guys never gave us Kobe and LeBron in the finals, which, you know, to, to the very end, I'm going to be sick about. But that game's, what, six of Lakers-Celtics, that last championship, where just one of the ugliest basketball games of all time. Where they, I believe no, I think they you're was, talking about game seven. Game, game, six seven. The, game six was the Lakers blowout, and then game seven was one where everyone just forgot how to shoot. Oh, it was a horrible mm-hmm. basketball game. And I think Rasheed Wallace had to start at center because Kendrick Perkins was hurt. And then Pau Gasol had a whole bunch of rebounds. Like, it was one of the nastiest finals games of all time. But I digress. Lakers Celtics has always been special to me. So in watching LeBron James and Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown and Russell Westbrook and them boys go at it, that was a fun game <laughs> until the very end where LeBron James gets fouled and immediately goes into the LeBron-like tantrum that everyone couldn't wait for because they had more meat on the bone for the less shit on LeBron content that they love churning out. And it made me think of this, Tone. It made me think of this, Jess. You know, LeBron's creeping up on the scoring title, right? It's inevitable. He's going to get it here over the next four or five games or so. Has there ever been a more hated-on great player in sports history. Like, a lot of people love LeBron. Don't get me wrong. But in terms of the sheer force and volume with which people who aren't even talking about LeBron sometimes at the time come with, but this is what he is, and this is what he does. Like, we're talking about the scoring title. You know what all of this has made me think about? It, it made me think about the end of the Jordan run. But what we thought was the end of the Jordan run is the Chicago Bull. And then, of course, he became a Washington Wizard where, you know, he's playing with Jahidi White and he's 
blocking Ron Mercer's shot. And we watched way too many Wizards games those last couple of years. Like, they were on national TV every night. And I'm like, hey, man, <laughs> watching watching Jerry Stackhouse and Michael Jordan take my turn possessions on a, on a 500 team does not need to be on TNT game of the week. But watching Mike at the end, you kind of, you know, you kind of felt it. Like, there was a reason why I didn't go to my high school graduation party on June 7th, 1998, because Mike was playing in what could have been his last game. And as I think about this run-up to the scoring title, right, where all the Michael Jordan fans are out, all the Kobe fans are out, all the NBA fans are out, and all of them seeming like, who have you seen truly besides the people who are paid to bring the news to you? Who have you seen celebrate what's getting ready to happen right here? Like, have you seen, because I remember as a kid too, Kareem was getting rocking chairs where he was going to places, right? Like they were giving, they were wheeling out motorcycles. Like they were doing everything at the end of Kareem's career because he was the all-time scoring leader. And I know LeBron isn't at the retirement stage yet. We'll see what happens for him because I'm sure it'll be a momentous celebration. And no, this isn't me being a LeBron stand or whatever the case may be, but it, it just dawned on me in that moment where he's getting fouled and the foul was clear and he didn't get the call and the histrionics and all the people coming out, you know, immediately, you know, the Michael Jordan stands. Mike would have never acted like that. Well, okay. <laughs> all right. I got you. You're probably right. You win this segment of the weird-ass Michael Jordan, LeBron James debate. But we're coming up on, like, you know, 755 was huge for for home runs, right? Like, that number forever, that, you know, that was, a, that was a big deal. It is a big deal. Most rushing yards, I remember when Emmitt Smith broke it against the Seattle Seahawks on a little four or five-yard dive where he falls down and then gets up in the middle of Texas Stadium and celebrates and he goes over to Moose Johnson who was doing the game at the time and hugs him and cries on his shoulder, touching, loving moment. All I've seen in the race up to this scoring title situation is hate. <laughs> Pure hate. They ain't going to make the playoffs. That's why they 13th in the West. Oh, look at him. He deserved everything he get. He told street clothes to come play with him. And now look at what Zion and all them boys doing with all his players. That was, that was, that was bad that I referred to him as street clothes just now. I don't think I've ever done that before. <laughs> it sucks. Shout out to Anthony Davis. But, you know, I don't know. It's, it's not a big thing, but it, it just seems like it's the, the LeBron weirdness is uh, like, are y'all basketball fans or not? <laughs> like, like, have y'all not enjoyed how much y'all have been able to hate him? Like, at least admit that part? I don't know. Just, I don't know. Just watching these greats and seeing them come to the United Center for the last time, maybe sometimes, or, you know, watching some of these greats break just indescribable records. Like, this is a dude who isn't a natural scorer. He isn't a shooter. Just out here getting ready to break the all-time scoring record. Just, it's been interesting to watch and consume, especially from a city that adores and, um, you know, retains ownership <laughs> over Michael Jordan, no matter where he goes, whether it's Washington, Charlotte, anywhere, right? The motorcycle teams, whatever you want, golfing, he's always going to be Chicago as Michael Jordan. It's just been, it's been interesting to watch how this lead up to what should be a celebrated occasion, how it's kind of just been... You know, I don't know if everybody's got LeBron fatigue or whatever the case may be, or the fact that they're not winning, the fact that they're not good. But I'll, last 10 games, dude's been going crazy. It's been going absolutely nuts. You could say he's chasing it, but if he's able to chase this that way at 38, 20 years in, like, you got to give, you got to give respect, man. And, and I just, I don't understand what's happening here. I don't. Like, the same way I love watching the greats in any other sport, there's been no difference. It's just the great or the greatest, in a lot of people's minds and estimations, is of Chicago. So, since he's of Chicago, that means you can't, I guess, be, in, like, engaged in, in what is a monumental feat. I don't know. It just seems like it's been pretty quiet for such a historic number that's getting ready to be eclipsed. I think I think there's a couple things, Jay. I think um I think 
it's because nobody really ever truly challenged Michael's title as the greatest of all time. Like they'll they'll let you be great, be one of the greatest, but now you're threatening people's childhoods. Now you're threatening people's greatest time in basketball watching life. Um, when you get close to that, you're touching people's nostalgia and you're touching people's memories. He's um, a basketball deity, man. I understand. Yeah, it, it it stings a little bit that you don't get to hold on to that anymore. This fame thing uh, that was once revered, now it doesn't matter to you much anymore because somebody came along and grabbed it. I, I, same thing with Barry. You know, now now the home run record doesn't matter anymore because he got it. Oh, I thought you were getting ready to. I thought you were getting ready to start some more shit in here because I thought you were talking about Barry Sanders. Because uh, I, uh, mm-hmm. you know, Barry Sanders is my favorite running back of all time, and especially in this city, you can't really get away with that when Walter Payton is Walter Payton, mm-hmm. and I and I contend Walter Payton might be the greatest football player of all time. It's him, Jerry Rice, Jim Brown, like it's like four or five dudes, right? But. In terms of watching someone play, watching someone run, there's Barry Sanders for me, right? Mm-hmm. But can you hold those opinions in this city without having to defend them at all times, which then becomes cumbersome and you don't even feel like engaging? I just wonder. I just wonder what's, what, you know, what the temperature has been about this scoring chase. And, and, and on top of that, I think there's been a lot of LeBron self-promotion. I'm not saying that's good oh, or yeah. bad. Um, And I think that goes along with the LeBron fatigue of, and, and all of it is not necessarily LeBron. Like LeBron has contributed to a lot of LeBron self-promotion, but also that's going to happen with with an icon too, though, right? Agreed. But also I think it's ESPN when they look at the numbers and they say, we get a spike every time we talk LeBron, guess what we doing all day? We talking LeBron. That contributes to the fatigue. There's there's little to no mystery about uh, LeBron and the mystique that he's reached. So I, I think it's a mixture of, of uh, a bunch of little things, but I, I do find it odd that we're not revering this feat that he's about to because it's one of the it's last, it's one of the last like golden age records left. Like outside of what? Ripken? Hmm. And, yeah, yeah. and and everybody just assumes nobody's going to touch Gretzky. That's just kind of assumed yeah, well, by everybody in sports. Yeah, that's so that's yeah, just that's not, not even fathomable. So this this was the one. This this was like the the real one to show an elite what an elite player can can get to if they maintain themselves. This was one of the last ones in sports to get. Yeah, man, it's uh it's been interesting to watch. Uh, I know it's going to happen here probably what in the next week or so. Uh, Maybe we could pop somebody on from L.A. Talk about what it means, if it means anything, if it means anything. All right. We got a little Bears talk coming up next right here on The Full Go. We'll be back with more of The Full Go with Jason Goff. After a word from our sponsors. Hey, this is Lance Briggs. You're listening to The Full Go with Jason Goff. You know who else they do that to? Patrick Mahomes. Oh, well, <laughs> they, that shit uh, is just... That shit uh, is just... That shit is this, just ridiculousness. This, this irks my nerves like no other sports debate because I don't, I guess I kind of get it, you know, trying to find, you know, the the white quarterback to say that he, you know, that's better or than the, this one. Or the, just whoever's next. Like, I, I get... He's, he's, he's in his 20s. That's the problem. He's in his 20s. We get so wrapped up and everybody's got such a voice now that you can just throw shit out and it gets traction. So this whole Joe Burrow being better than Patrick Mahomes thing that started to happen over the last month or so, like, stop it. Oh, he's 3-0 and against Patrick Mahomes. Well, as soon as Patrick Mahomes starts playing defense and can hand the ball off to himself, I'll, I'll count him beating Patrick Mahomes in that manner. And what happened? They went out there for the AFC Championship game, and you can talk about the refs all you want. Patrick Mahomes is out there on one leg with Marquez Valdez scantling. <laughs> Okay? Not Juju Smith-Schuster, who might be washed, right? Not the tight end, who they were bracketing all game. Marquez 
Valdez Scantling. The man, the Green Bay Packers are like, we just going to go with these kids. <laughs> we, you good, player. They had someone out there named Marcus Kemp catch a first down on a third down because Patrick Mahomes is the quarterback. I was How like, you look, uh, one of Sean Kemp's kids finally, finally game. Uh, you ain't shit. You ain't shit. You ain't shit. But I'm not going to act like it couldn't be, though. <laughs> I'm not going to act like there's not a possibility that anyone with the last name Kemp might not be related to the Rain Man. Talking about Nick Cannon. Also, original. Nah, Sean had him beat. Sean had him beat. Sean came out of the high school with two of the possible. Like, he, was, he, was, he was ready to roll. <laughs> Keep all this in. I don't care. Um, <laughs> speaking of Patrick Mahomes, Parkins and Spiegel here in the city. Um, I would lie to y'all and tell you I love those guys, uh, but I don't. No, I'm just messing with you. Uh, my guys, Danny Parkins and Matt Spiegel over the 670 the score had Pat Mahomes Sr. on. And shout out to Pat Mahomes Sr. getting in front of a camera and you being like, oh, so so that's what Patrick Mahomes Sr. has been on lately. Because I'm going to be honest with you, before they threw his name up on that graphic of him smoking a cigar on the, on the field after the game, I was like, yo. You know, one of the man from the gas station. <laughs> Let me get some change, young blood. Hey, hey, player, I got $20 on this card. Just give me 10 for it. <laughs> you already know. You already know. I, I thought Pat Mahomes was getting ready to, you know, clean out your vents with a butter knife and a napkin. You know how they do on them car washes? Yeah. You know, go, go on 88th Street you know, on a summer day with $5. See if your car don't come out detailed. <laughs> But I digress. I hate you, Tony, for saying shit that you know going to lead me down a bad path. <laughs> but I digress. Patrick Mahomes Sr. was on with Parkinson Spiegel and said that the Mahomes family, including Patrick Mahomes, thought they were going to go third to the Bears. They said that they were going to draft this man, all this other stuff. And you just see Danny Parkinson and Matt Spiegel's faces just drop. They start asking for patrol shots on the air. It was wild as hell. But... It just goes to show, man, like at some point, the story and the truth is going to come out because Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace and, and the powers that be, what, they didn't talk to Deshaun Watson or something like that. I don't know if that got dispelled. And then, and then on the heels of his, what, third Super Bowl trip now, getting ready to be one of the great, well, he is one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time right now, if he retired right now, okay? He is, to me, physically, I had never seen anything like a combination of John Elway and Dan Marino or Warren Moon and Dan Marino or whoever you want to throw out there in terms of throwing mechanics, arm talent, and also escapability. And for all you kids out there, go look at Warren Moon's, you know, CFL career. We're winning all them great cups. You, you want to talk about mobile quarterbacks that ended up being refined pocket passers. Your man from UW, Warren Moon, was one of those dudes. But I digress. If you're a Bears fan, this offseason can't start soon enough. <laughs> like, all this cap money that they're talking about now, and, and the cap number came out for all the Bears fans out there. Uh, the cap number came out, and our guy Brad Spielberger from PFF tweeted this out, said Bears went from 118 in projected 2023 cap space to 93 because $4.5 million in incentives for Riley Reef. Six 2020 draft picks earned the proven performance escalator, earning raises of over a million bucks. And also, they extended equanimity St. Brown and signed eight future-slash-reserve deals. But all in all, that's $93 million they get to spend now. The next closest team, I think, is 56 in the Atlanta Falcons, if I'm not mistaken, who's out there trying to get Lamar Jackson right now. So... Ryan Poles, congratulations. Your man Braxton Jones got onto the all-rookie team, first team at left tackle, right? Jack Sanborn is writing a legacy that will never be replicated and duplicated here in the city of Chicago, keeping white linebackers proud all across the, 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 the Chicagoland area. But that Patrick Mahomes story, boy, that was a kick to the balls. Because if Deshaun Watson ain't here, and we all know, you know, what Mr. Nasty Time was up to. And then 
Patrick Mahomes ain't here, and then you draft Mitchell Trubisky. You got Andy Dalton, Nick Foles, all these dudes, and then the run up to Justin Fields, and you almost break him. Like Bears fans, we almost didn't get the glory we're about to get right now, but we're about to get it. It's just that the Super Bowl quarterback and the guy that I think is going to be the Super Bowl winning quarterback, um, he, he had a little. A little salt to pour in the offseason wound just before you go out there on that spending spree. And by the way, we didn't get a chance to do this on Sunday, so I'm going to do it really quickly. Hey, man, Black History Month, and you got two black quarterbacks in the, in the Super Bowl? We can't lose. And Rihanna is doing the halftime show. I'm going to tell you all this right now. If you have any black friends, especially any black male friends, leave them alone for the four hours and 15 minutes that are about to take place. This is a national celebration. I don't know if y'all ain't got the newsletter yet yet, but Rihanna is performing at halftime. We might have to get an ASAP Rocky, uh, you know, cameo in there, So, but we'll deal with that, right? And then sandwiches around that is going to be Jalen Hurts and Patrick Mahomes, right? So, I don't know what you asked for for Black History Month, but hell, as, as well as learning everything that I possibly can and for 28 days out of the year, like like I do every February, we're going to have two black quarterbacks playing in the game. And, mm-hmm. and I, I heard somebody say this too. Hey, when Brock Purdy went down, it was a lock. It was a lock we was going to have at least one brother in the Super Bowl because they, they caught it Josh Johnson's ass out there. And I was like, wait a minute. The dude who's played for 27 teams and had two snaps with every one of them? Yeah. If if some way, somehow, Nick Bosa and Fred Warner would have been able to hold down that running game, you'd have seen Josh Johnson's black ass in the Super Bowl. So, shout out to the NFL for all the hashtags and all the shit that they like to write on the side of the field and in the end zone. Guess what? Hashtag in racism is real. They got two brothers at the quarterback position in Black History Month in the Super Bowl. Yeah, right, you, man. You, you want to name all the black quarterbacks that played in the Super Bowl? Ooh, Donovan McNabb, Doug Williams, mm-hmm. Pat Mahomes, mm-hmm. um, uh, ooh, other brothers, brothers in the Super Bowl. Ooh, Joe Burrow. <laughs> uh, who else? You know, everybody likes to do that trendy shit. He invited to the barbecue. Y'all always love inviting the motherfucker to the barbecue. You can't wait to give one white boy with a little bit of rhythm and a little bit of style <laughs> just an invite. You know, you know, just oh, come on through, come take all our girls and and and, and dazzle our aunties and, and hang out with our mamas. Just come be the most charming person because y'all already know the cool white guy at the black function is playing with house money at all times. <laughs> at all times, he can't do anything wrong, and he's like an exotic pet just walking around out there, just like, oh, look at, look at, it's a white guy. <laughs> he knows how to play spades. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But give me the names. Who who did I forget off of this list as we enter Black History Month when this thing is going to drop? Uh, Cam Newton. Damn, I forgot about Cam. Uh, Russell Wilson. Damn, I forgot about Cam. Colin Kaepernick. Oh, well, fist in the air. You already know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Me and that brother are tied. <laughs> uh, we got fired at the same time. <laughs> uh, Donovan McNabb. I said Donovan. You did? Okay. Yeah. Uh, Steve McNair. Oh, rest in peace. The cop that I think to Justin Fields. Mm-hmm. On the field. On the field. Yeah. On the field. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then uh, now... Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts and Patty Mahomes. I'm looking forward to it. Man, this is about to be the blackest Super Bowl ever, boy. Yeah, I <laughs> hope so. I oh, hope so. Boy, yeah, there y'all had 100 be. years. <laughs> y'all had 100 years to lock us out. Y'all tried it. Y'all oh, tried it. You just wait till two years from now when it's the Chiefs and the Bears in the Super Bowl, boy, and Justin Fields is doing the dance that he's doing at all times when he scores touchdowns passing the ball. So we only saw it 16 times last year. It's the full goal, baby! Hey, hey, Mr. Uh, Chicago Sky WNBA man. Your girl, Candace Parker, going to Vegas. New ownership for the Chicago Sky. Your team is in full rebuild. You talked all that shit about how they was the best team in the city. This, that, and the other. They took a wrecking ball to that thing. Courtney Vandersloot about to go be in New York Liberty or whatever the hell's going on. Like Where, Wherever Brianna Stewart go. Yeah, wherever Brie go, exactly. What, what, what's going on with your team, Mr. Man. Sky? 
I, I, I tweeted I tweeted this out as uh, the Clippers were making their uh, comeback in the second quarter. I was like, meanwhile, while the Bulls collapse, the Chicago sky is now done. So, yeah, there's that. Yeah, yeah man, it's going to be tough in the, uh, the, 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 the Chicago sky fan base. You know, Wintrust Arena ain't going to feel the same. Right? No man. Candace? No court? Yeah, it, I, I'm going to be completely honest. I was mad at Candace. I'm not even gonna hold. You. I Speak was on mad. It. Speak on oh, shit. Let me clear out. I was. I saw. I saw. Like, man, no, nah, we gotta. <laughs> these are athletes. I'm not making a difference. These are professional athletes. Oh, you know he about to get in his disparaging bag <laughs> when he when he when he got to give you the hey y'all. I gotta treat them just like I treat the fellas. I yep. see you. I see mm-hmm, you, boy. Mm-hmm, Where the couch mm-hmm. it? Broadcast professional, you know what I'm saying? Don't cancel me, but <laughs> <laughs> now, it, now I, I gotta, I gotta say, I am down for player empowerment. She can go uh, wherever she wants. See. Uh, let me count it with he that. Out, yes. But but out, came out early. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yo, yeah. what what is confidence. what is there left for you to do? Play for the crib. What is there left for you to do? Like for real. What is there left for her to like, do? Go live in Vegas and get paid stupid amounts of money while <laughs> while you could just, you know, walk around Vegas and get paid more stupid amounts of money. Like, what? <laughs> Kidding me? Uh, what she, is there left man, for her to she do? She's supposed to retire. She's going to raise her babies in Vegas and, 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 and be with her lovely wife in Vegas. She was supposed to retire here. I can't believe you. you sound here, like man. these bums. You, be, you used to call me up. You, you better than this, Tony. She's supposed to retire here. You know better than that. That's fools going. Man, this is, this is, they, they had the opportunity to... To do what? Know, they go, won a championship go, go already. Go on a run. Know, go on a run. Did you see the last come series? Come back, and, come back and do it again. That Let's shit go. was out of gas. You, you saw it with me. No. no come on, Tony. Come on. Don't do that. <laughs> no, don't do that. And Candace look, did some, Candace did some, some inventory and was like, nah, <laughs> this ain't it. <laughs> if, if, if I'm going up against Thomas and them girls, <laughs> that, that Phoenix squad, they scared the shit out of me. And I wasn't even playing. <laughs> okay? So, nah. Mm-mm. She did what she needed to do, right? And now we'll, we will get all the Chicago Sky representation on on the Foco podcast. Right. <laughs> Ask for them while they winning. Uh, you know, we'll get to you now. Hey, oh, you want to interview? Uh, uh, nah, fam. Right. They're going to let us do the pod at half court now. Watch. <laughs> <laughs> During the game. <laughs> Don't mind that, guys. That's just the Foco podcast going on. And we brought them out here because Candace Parker is no longer here along with Courtney Bandersloot. <laughs> Right, Kylie Copper is getting ready to leave as well. So, yeah, (laughs) enjoy her while she can. (laughs) Oh my God, that's our uh, that's our little WNBA respite. The full goal with Jason Golf. All right, that's all the time we have for episode two hundred three of the Full Goal Podcast. We'll be back and live full effect on Thursday for episode 204. Until then, make sure you get this full go voicemail line somewhere in your contacts. You got to save it on your phone. Anytime you have anything on your head or anything you want to talk about, 773-359-3103 is the phone number. 773-359-3103. Want to thank our production staff as always, the shadowy figure that is known as Steve Cerruti, the active Jesse Lopez, my main man, Tony Gill. For the fellas, I'm Jason Goff, thanking you for downloading this thing, subscribing to this thing, rating and reviewing this thing, giving it five stars, or else there's going to be some problems when we see you in the street. Uh, Thank you for sharing it with your family and friends. As always, uh, we leave you with this. Make sure y'all are taking care of each other and stay warm out there, but also, as importantly, be safe.